perhaps the most memorized verse of Scripture in all the Word of God. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I saw some of your mouths moving with me this morning when I was quoting that verse of Scripture. That is a verse of Scripture that is at the center of many of our hearts, but I would also tell you this today, it is at the very center of God's Word. If you want to know what the Bible is about, that verse of Scripture sums up the entirety of God's Word. You know, one of the things I love about God's Word is the continuity of the Word of God. I don't know if you've ever looked at this, but the Bible was recorded by 40 different men over uh, living on three different continents in three different languages. It has one author, God, one hero, Jesus Christ, one villain, Satan, and it has the same theme from beginning to end, the redemption of mankind. Now, aren't you glad about that? Amen. And you know what's good news? It's all summed up in John, the third chapter, and the 16th verse. But this is what we need to understand. Before we get to John 3.16, we got to deal with John 1 through 15, right? We got to look at it because there's a story there that we need to learn some very important things from about what it means to be born again. And Jesus Christ is going to reveal that in this story. As I stated just a moment ago, this is one of my favorite stories found in all of the Word of God. It's a story about a man whose name was Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a very religious man. As a matter of fact, I like to say it like this. He was so religious, he was hyper-religious. There was no one who was more religious than Nicodemus. But in spite of him being a very religious man, Nicodemus had a major spiritual problem. He was very religious, but he was wrong with God. He did not know the one true living God. Did you know that's possible? Did you know it's possible to be very, very religious and still not be right with God? As I look at the world in which we live in today, I see many people who are very, very religious. But I would also tell you at the same time, they don't know the one true living God. That was Nicodemus in this story. He was very religious, but he was spiritually lost. If you have your Bibles there with me this morning, just find John, the third chapter, and we're going to begin reading this story here in verse 1. And as we read through this story, I just want to make some comments along the way so that we can understand the context, what exactly is taking place here. And then at the very end of this story, I just want to make three statements about what it truly means to be born again. I want you to listen to what it says here in this passage of Scripture. 
verse 1, chapter 3 of the Gospel of John. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now I want us to just stop right there because I'm really surprised by what it is that John says about Nicodemus in these opening verses. First of all, I noticed right away that Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Now, if you've done any study of the Word of God, you'll realize something about this group of Pharisees. They were a religious party in in the religion of Judaism. They were the most religious elite of their day and time. And oftentimes, we see in Scripture, they were at conflict with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, some of the harshest words that Jesus speaks, He speaks against the Pharisees. They were very religious. As a matter of fact, they are the ones who went to the temple to worship God. They are the ones who prayed three times a day. They offered sacrifice. They gave money to the poor. Not only did that, they fasted. And if not was not all enough, they even were baptized according to the Judas or according to the Jewish law. They were very, very religious people. And what John says in this passage of scripture is that Even Nicodemus understood that Jesus Christ was from God. Did you see that in this passage of Scripture? He comes here in this passage of Scripture and he says, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. So he had some understanding of who Jesus Christ was. Perhaps he had seen the miracles that Jesus Christ did. Maybe he was at the temple when he heard the words of Jesus Christ when Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it back up to life. We're not sure exactly how Nicodemus had contact. Maybe he had just simply heard about Jesus Christ, but at the end of the day, he had some knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can I say something to you this morning? You can have knowledge of Jesus Christ and still not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do you see the truth of that here? Do you see that in this passage of Scripture? Do you hear the words of Nicodemus? Nicodemus acknowledges that Jesus was from God. He could not have done the signs that he did if God had not sent him. But I would tell you this morning, As religious as Nicodemus was, there was a major problem in his life. Now let me just stop right here because I believe there is a very important truth that we see in these first two verses. And this is it. It is possible to be very, very religious and still not know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Simply being religious doesn't make you right with God. I mean, you do see that, right? You know, when I read this story, I think to myself, you know, why doesn't Jesus Christ just look at Nicodemus and say, hey, now, Nick, man, you're doing good things there. You're doing all kind of works for God. You're doing exactly what you think God requires. Just keep up the good work and everything will be all right in your life. You would think that's what Jesus Christ would say. I mean, obviously, Nicodemus was a good guy. He was giving money to the poor. 
He was going up to the temple and offering sacrifices. He was living a moral life. The Pharisees did. We would say this man was a good man, but can I tell you something this morning? Simply being a good person will not get you to heaven. It will not happen. You must know Jesus Christ in a personal way to guarantee that you're going to spend an eternity with Him in heaven one day. If there's any truth that we see lived out in Nicodemus' life, it's this truth. And I want you to hear how Jesus Christ responds to Nicodemus in verse 3. He says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So you see here what's going on in this story. You can see this conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is speaking about spiritual things. And what is Nicodemus doing? He's speaking about physical things. He looks at Jesus Christ and he says, Now wait just a minute, Jesus. I know you're from God. I've acknowledged that. But what you're saying here is utterly impossible. It is impossible for a man my age to enter into my mother's womb a second time. You cannot do that. And so you know what Jesus Christ does? He goes on here to explain exactly what he is talking about. Listen to what he says here in verse 5. Jesus is going to answer the question of what it truly means to be born again. Listen to what he says here. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel at what I said to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit." Isn't this a great story? Do you see this dialogue that's going on? Now, you would think if there's anyone who should understand this conversation, it should be Nicodemus. Isn't that true? I mean, Nicodemus was a religious man. He was actually one of the religious leaders of, of the Jews. And so if anyone should have understood exactly what it is that Jesus Christ is speaking about, it should have been Nicodemus. Nicodemus should have heard the words of Jesus Christ, and the first thing out of his mouth should have been, hey, all right, Jesus, I got exactly what you're saying. I understand what you're meaning in my life. Jesus, I realize that if I'm going to go to heaven one day when I die, this is what has to happen. I need a transformation in my life. You know, that is so important for us to understand this morning. We cannot go to heaven in our sinful nature. Every one of us must be transformed by, the, by God above. That is the truth of Scripture. Unless we are transformed within, we will never ever see the kingdom of God. Did you hear how many times Jesus Christ made the same statement to Nicodemus in this passage of Scripture? He opens and he says, Nicodemus, listen to me, you must be born again. He goes on at the very end of the passage of Scripture and he repeats the exact same line again. He says to Nicodemus, hey Nicodemus, you know what? You must be born again. Do you know what Jesus Christ is saying? Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, 
It is imperative for you to have a relationship with me if you have the hope of glory one day. If you're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven one day, you must know me in a personal way, is what he's saying. Can't you see that here in this story? Can't you hear it in the words of Jesus Christ as he's having this dialogue with Nicodemus at night? As I read this story, I'm always amazed at the words of Jesus Christ. Because in this story, Jesus Christ helps us to understand what it truly means to be born again. You know, the great news about this story is this. We don't have to guess about how we can be right with God. Jesus Christ makes it very clear. Did you hear what Jesus Christ said in verse 5 here? He said, truly, truly. Actually, it can be amen, amen. So be it is what Jesus Christ is saying. Let me translate it in modern vernacular so we can understand. This is what Jesus Christ was saying. There is no other way. Listen to me very carefully, Nicodemus. This is the way. You must be born of water and of the Spirit. If you're not born of the Spirit and if you're not born of water, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's as simple as what Jesus Christ is saying. There's nothing ambiguous about it. There's nothing that is muddled. We can very clearly see what it is that Jesus Christ is saying in this passage of Scripture. He is challenging our thinking this morning. What we believe about religion, what we believe about God, is what Jesus Christ is doing here. Because you see, there's a lot of people in the world today who want to make knowing God about externals. They want to make knowing God about being religious. They want to make knowing God about having their name on a church roll. Or they want to make knowing God about being baptized. Or it's a list of do's and don'ts, something we do and something we don't do. And I would tell you, that is not what it's about this morning. That is not what it's about. It's not about having a checklist that you can check off so when you go to bed at night, you can say to yourself, well, praise the Lord, I've done more good today than I have done wrong. Everything's going to work out okay. Do you see that here? Jesus Christ removes all of that. And he says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus... If you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, this is what must happen to your life, in your life. You must be born of water and of the Spirit in order to inherit the kingdom of God. Quickly this morning, let me just make three statements about what it means to truly be born again. This is the first statement that I would make to you this morning. First, to be born again, a person must be washed by the Word of God. They must have been cleansed by God's Word. There is nowhere where this is more clear than Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 25 and 26. If you'll quickly just turn your Bibles over there, 
I want to share these two verses with you. I want to give you a little bit of the context of what's happening in this passage of Scripture. What we see happening in this passage of Scripture is Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. In beginning at the, in chapter 5, he begins to deal with relationships between a husband and a wife. And he's talking about how a husband should love his wife. And so as a result of that, in, in, in order to prove his point, Jesus Christ is going, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Paul is going to use Jesus Christ's love for the church as an illustration of how a husband should love his wife. I want you to listen to what it says here. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might, sanctifying her, might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Did you hear that right there? Did you hear what it was that Paul said in this passage of Scripture? He said that we are cleansed by the Word of God. Now listen to me. There is something unique that happens in the life of every believer. The Holy Spirit of God takes the Word of God and He uses it to draw us and convict us and show us a need for a Savior in our lives. Apart from the Word of God, there can be no genuine salvation in our life. Paul made this very clear in Romans the 8th chapter. In Romans the 8th chapter, Paul said, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We respond in faith to the truth of God's Word. That is the first key to being born again. You must be washed by the Word of God. Jesus Christ said, unless one is born of water, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's utterly impossible. Second statement I would make this morning is this. To be born again, a person must be renewed by the Holy Spirit. I want you to go back to this text again, turn back over to John, the third chapter, and I want you to listen to what Jesus Christ says to him in verse 5. He says in verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Did you hear what Jesus Christ said here? He said, this is what it takes to be born again. First, a person must be cleansed by the Word of God. And then second, a person must be renewed by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to see this because I believe there's a verse of Scripture that makes this so very clear in the Word of God. Listen to what it says. Titus, the third chapter and the fifth verse. He, that is Jesus Christ, saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Do you hear what he's saying here? Do you get what it is that Paul is writing to Titus in this passage of Scripture? He is saying in this passage of Scripture, it is not by any good works that we are saved. It is simply an act of God's own mercy. Now get this last part of this verse, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. There it is. Did you hear what Paul said in this passage? The Word of God washes us. That is the first step of regeneration. And then the Holy Spirit miraculously renews us. He gives us a new birth. He makes us into a new creation. He regenerates us. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God performs a miracle in our lives. 
no one can make themselves be born again spiritually any more than anyone can make themselves be born again, I mean, are born physically. It is utterly impossible. Physical birth and spiritual birth are both miracles of God. It's a miracle of God. We are born from above. When Jesus Christ says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He is saying the first key to being born again is for us to be cleansed by the Word of God. And as a result of being cleansed by the Word of God, we must be renewed in our spirit, regenerated. We must be made into a new creation by Jesus Christ, by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't make ourselves be born again. That is only something that God can do in our lives. And that's exactly the reason why Jesus Christ uses the illustration at the end of this story. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to check you this morning, all right? How many of you have, have ever seen the wind? Hey, y'all did as well as the first group when I asked that question. It's utterly impossible to see the wind, isn't it? We can see what? We can see the characteristics of the wind. We can see the experience or we can experience what the wind does. Isn't that true? Sure it is. Think about it for a moment. We've all walked under a tree and heard the leaves rustle above our heads. We've all seen the trees sway back and forth as a result of the wind. We've all seen one of those little dirt devils have swirl in the air and move across uh, uh, the floor of the earth. Haven't we all seen that because of the atmospheric winds that are in, in, in outer up in the upper levels of the earth? We've all seen that, haven't we? Well, what, what Jesus Christ is saying, the same is true in being born again. None of us have ever seen anyone born again, have we? No. We've seen the results of it, haven't we? We've seen a person's life dramatically changed as a result of meeting Jesus Christ. We've seen them have new priorities in life, a different disposition as a result of being a new creation in Christ. But what's important for us to understand in this passage of Scripture is none of us can make ourselves be born again. It is a miracle of God that causes us to be regenerated. Only God can do that in our lives. I want us to pause here just a moment before we move on to the third point. And I want to give you an uh, analogy that I believe ties all of this together. I want to use physical birth as an illustration of spiritual birth. In order for there to be physical birth, two parents, a man and a woman, have to come together. And as a result, there are as a result, constant. Conception takes place and a child is born. Well, the same is true with spiritual birth. There are two forces that have come together in order for spiritual birth to happen. The first one is the Word of God and the second one is the Holy Spirit. When this happens, spiritual life is created in a person's life when those two forces come together. Now that brings us to the last point of this message. This is the statement I would make this morning. To be born again 
A person must receive and believe the gift of eternal life by faith. In other words, every single person has to make a choice. You have to make a choice. A decision has to be made. We've all heard teenagers make this statement before. It goes something like this. Well, I didn't ask to be born in this family. Uh, Well, duh, no you didn't, right? None of us can control the family that we are born in. It's like what I always tell people. We can choose our friends, but we can't choose our family, can we? Well, I would tell you this morning, that is not true when it comes to your spiritual family. If you remember several weeks ago in chapter 1 of the book of John, John wrote these words. He said in verse 12, But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. You must receive and believe. When we are washed by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit renews us, spiritual life is conceived in the womb of faith. In order for a person to go to heaven, they must be born from above. If you were to ask me this morning the question, Hey, Pastor, when were, you, when were you born? I would say, well, really, I have two birthdays. I was born physically August the 29th, 1996, I mean 1966. Boy, I got some people's attention at that time, didn't I? <laughs> See what a slip of the tongue will do? Yeah, I had to get people's attention in a hurry, won't it? Born on August the 29th, 1966 at Hardin County Hospital in Coons. Now, don't look confused. There used to be a hospital there. And I was born to the parents of Barbara and Van Lowe. And I will tell you, I was the firstborn son. It was a glorious day for those two people. (laughs) It was. But I would tell you this morning, I also have a second birthday. My second birthday is August 1983. On August 1983... In Glorieta, New Mexico, on that day, I was born from above. I was cleansed by the Word of God, and I was renewed by the Holy Spirit. And as a result, I was born again. This week, as I was reading one of my commentaries, on this particular passage of Scripture, I like what the writer said as he summed up this passage of Scripture. This is what he said. I thought he did a good job. He made this statement. He said, Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Isn't that so true? Born once physically, I will tell you this morning, you are doomed to die twice. 
you will die a physical death and you will die a spiritual death as well. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The word death there doesn't refer to physical death. It refers to spiritual death. Spiritual death is forever being separated from God in a place called hell where a person receives eternal punishment for refusing the gift that God offers them. Now, I will tell you something. That is bad news. But if they're here this morning and you've been born twice, then you have the hope of glory in you because this is what Scripture says. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus the Lord. Born twice, die once. Spend an eternity with God. Born once, die twice. Doomed to be forever separated from God. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many birthdays do you have today? How many birthdays do you have? Have you been born from above? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your love and the way you speak to our hearts. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word today. Lord, as we enter into this time of invitation, I pray that you would just lead us and guide us, Lord. Lord, that you would just work in the hearts of each person that is here. Lord, if there are people here today who do not know you, I pray that you would just draw them unto a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If there are other decisions that need to be made this morning, I pray that you would just lead people to make the decision that you would desire for them to make and that you would be honored and glorified through it. We pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.